have to tell y'all, I'm so choked up and so overwhelmed with joy to come and just tell y'all how proud I am of y'all as a church. Um, what you do outside of these church walls just blows my mind. How many of y'all are going or have gone on a mission trip? You can raise your hand. I believe we're all family. How many of y'all have either sowed financially or prayed for those that are gone? Can you raise your hand? I think that's all of you, right? If it's Very? not, we're going to talk to you after the service. <laughs> <laughs> now, Pastor, do you know how wonderful that is to have a church that is 100% out there advancing the gospel? I'm sure that you've heard that what you hear and hear you need to go out there and do, or is this the first time that, ah, my words in print. But um, I celebrate 10 years of knowing Eric and Jen and Mandy. I want to lift Mandy up, too. She's been my soul sister for 10 years. And so when the Lord brought me here for a vacation, y'all been on those vacations? I thought it was a vacation from my vocation, but there's not that. When you are in the army of Christ, there is no vacation. Amen? Amen. So um, I stand here totally unprepared with a message, but knowing that God called me here. And if I can encourage just one or two people, then I've done my job. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to stand before you. I'm going to open with 1 Corinthians 1.17. You don't have to go there. I just want to read it so that grace will be on all of us. It says, For Christ sent me not to baptize, not that baptism is bad, that's me, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross, the cross of Christ should be, made, should be made of none effect. That means that no matter where you are, whether you know this, like the back of your hand, or whether this is the first time that you cracked it open and read in the beginning, you have no excuse. Revelation says that we win by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, and we all have a testimony. Whether you're a demon slayer or you've raised somebody from the dead, whether you're a homeschool mom or you go out in the workforce, God has planted something into you. And it's not that it would stay in you and sprout and that you would um, overflow with his word and do nothing with it. It's so that you can go out there to a dying, hurting world and make a difference. And so that's what happened with me. Um, at the age of 18, I entered my first marriage. Um, my dad was an alcoholic, and my mom was verbally abusive. And I don't know whether y'all heard this phrase, looking for love in all the wrong places. Somebody sang a song about it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. So that was me. By the age of 18, um, I was pregnant and uh, decided that my pregnancy was an inconvenience to my life. Now, I'm going to be pretty transparent with y'all, and I'm sorry that if it works your nerve, um, I apologize, but your nerve needed to be worked. Um, so I went to an abortion clinic, and... Um, Boy, they just hustled me right in, filled out the paperwork, and went right in. But, you know, I had a fear of needles that the good Lord used. And when I realized I needed to have a needle, I said, well, I can't do this. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're going to skip forward 14 years and two marriages to uh, the time that I worked at the Fontana Center. And I was about to be married for my third time. So I had been um, abused by my first husband. 
can or cannot say that I deserved it at times, but nonetheless physically abused. My second husband had cheated on me and um, threw me and my son, Lance, out on the streets. So that's not too good of a place to be. So um, I looked for anything and everything that would feel that core longing. Does anybody have core longings in here that maybe you sunk some drugs or alcohol, shopping addiction, gambling? Uh, maybe food addiction, any of those things. Am I talking to the right people yes. here? Do know about those core Would longings? Would you hit that shopping addiction one more uh, time? Shopping addiction. <laughs> Even if it's on sale. It's buying it without needing it.
overshoot God because God absolutely called Jen and Eric to Sugar Land for you guys. But I gave y'all my pastor. <laughs> and so when I look out here and I hear all the wonderful, phenomenal things y'all are doing for the kingdom of God, it makes letting them go without kicking and screaming worthwhile. Amen. And I say this um, in all honesty, not to, um, to pump anyone up, but this church, led by Eric and Matt and their family and Mandy, and I'm sure there are others that do things but didn't come in contact with me, I thank you for your sacrifice because y'all make a difference. You'll make a difference in people's lives. And if they sow into y'all what was sowed into me, you're going to be dragon slayers, you're going to raise the dead, and you're going to look at the enemy and say, you have no hold on me.
Uh, how many of y'all have ever been on a diet? Okay, just me? Okay. You know how, like, if you turn on an infomercial and it'll say, oh, take this and 30 days later you'll be thin. Okay? And we buy into that because we want quickness. Well, the Bible talks about sanctification. And in the modern church, that has been lost. It is a day-to-day -day fight with your flesh. There is no demon that's going to jump in you and possess you if you are possessed by the Holy Spirit. And I want to say that again because although this church doesn't teach it, a lot of churches out there do. That your biggest problem is your flesh, your mouth and your flesh. So if you can keep your flesh out your mouth and your mouth off your flesh, you know, it'll be a good thing. So as, as Christians, we are filled and possessed by the Holy Spirit. There is a bloodline that is on you that the enemy cannot cross. So let your, your fight be between your flesh that rises up in sinful nature and pull that down by the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Okay, so going on with my testimony, we leave at midnight? <laughs> I won't be offended if y'all walk out anytime. Just don't throw papayas. <laughs> and I open my eyes and it 
Well, the Catholic priest went stumbling backwards, and I just started praying in the spirit because I didn't know what to do next. I mean, I didn't know what to do. Like, up off the table or what are you going to do? So I'm just, and I'm praying so loud that the nurse is just telling me to be quiet, but I don't know what to do next because the Lord didn't tell me what to do next. And I'm squeezing his toes. I think he's telling me, ouch, now. But he didn't tell me to let him go. So I'm just, you know, so anyway, they wheel him out, and my mom pulls me aside, and she says, you're rather loud in there. You're causing a commotion, and I want to go, but uh, uh, could you Lazarus, come out? You know, like you just saw a miracle. And um, so that was the beginning of the boldness. I think once you see a dead man rise, it's kind of hard to doubt that God will do anything. So um, I praise God for that experience because when people come and say, well, I'm sick or I have cancer and it's terminal, well, you say, well, okay, that's great, but what does the Word of God say? He says that by his stripes you are healed. You know, you quote that. That man's report will always say this. But God's report will always say this. The world will always discount you. But God will always say that you're valuable and you're worth, I mean, you are worth everything. And so I, I tell y'all tonight to just hear what the world says, just enough to check it out in the Bible. And if the Bible doesn't say that about you, you're being lied to. Amen? Amen. So um, I'm at home, and I, I now I have two or three babies who can count after that. And um, the Lord calls me to do open this homeschool group. Now, okay, I had three, four. Well, Lance is still there. Sam was six weeks old, and he says, um, you're going to start this homeschool group. Well, homeschooling in Lafayette was kind of a big thing, but not organized. We went from 32 families to 170 families, 75 students to 450. Okay, now God had his hand on that. And the church that I was under allowed it to be a community outreach where people who didn't know about the Lord came in. We fellowshiped with them. We got people saved, praise God, filled with the Holy Spirit, and out there fighting demons. Amen? Amen. So it doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, God's got a plan for you. He's got all the details worked out. Just do it. You know, Cassie, you're going to be doing something like that, prophesying, prophesying, prophesying. Amen. You know? And people get saved. And it doesn't mean that you have to understand it. That's that's it. You know, you don't have the mind of Christ. Well, you could have the mind of Christ. But God's ways are higher than your ways. And if you're waiting for you to arrive, well, okay, see, I'm on the other side of glory. You know, but we have work to do. So here I am, and I'm, I'm doing the work of God, and then the Lord called me to step into something which has blessed my heart tremendously. There is such a hurting world out there, and a lot of things happen to ladies, young ladies, um, molestation, rape, abuse, and um, that's where my heart is now. That the Lord um, allowed me to use what happened to me. Um, I was uh, date raped, I've been on drugs, I've had affairs. My third legal marriage and my first one in the Lord. Um, I've abused my husband and my children. I've lied, cheated, molested. I didn't molest, I'm sorry. I've been a witness to molestation. You know, I've been a manipulator. So there's pretty much anything out there that could have been done with a few things that weren't done to me or that I've done. Each one of you guys have a testimony. And that allows you to stand before someone with zero judgment and say, I understand. And although that happened to me, it was a season in my life where the enemy tried to kill me, steal from me, and destroy me. 
But praise God, praise God, I broke out of that cage. I slipped it over, and it is the soapbox that I stand on now to preach the gospel, to push back darkness, and to bring souls back into the kingdom. Amen. So I don't know what y'all are going through. I don't know what has happened to you guys. I'm venturing to say that if you live in this world, some very terrible things have happened to you. Don't continue to live in that season. It was a season. It was a season. And you may say, but if God cared about me, I wouldn't have gone through that. He forgot about me. Why did I have to go through that? If you right now can breathe in, that breath was given to you by God. He did not forget about you. The God of the universe looked down on you, and his hand was on you for this season, for this generation, because there is a work before you. You survived. You are not a victim. You are victorious. If it would have been up to the enemy, you would be dead. Whatever has happened to you, whether you've been raped, molested, whatever, drugs, if the enemy would have gotten his way, you would not be here. So what does that say? It says that you need to do something with that. God does not waste an experience. There is someone out there that you can touch. And the Lord wants you to do that. So don't warm chairs anymore. Of course, come in to service. But get out there. Don't be ashamed of what happened to you. It's what happened to you or it's what you did. It's not who you are. Just as God looks down on us, he separates us, his beloved, by what we do. Like, like if you are, if you lie, as a Christian, you are not a liar. You lie. That sin has been covered. It's been removed. Only the blood of Christ can remove that sin from you, and you need to repent. You are no longer victims. You are victorious. And so you need to take that and go out there and help those people. So the Lord called me to do this, and I thought he dolled the wrong Blanchard because I'm like, <laughs> How does that happen? Are you sure? Me? And he said yes, and I tried to go to sleep, and he woke me up, and this kept going on for a couple weeks. And I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it if you just let me sleep. So I got that sweet sleep that was promised to me, and I started doing really small ladies' groups, like four. And I was really shocked that they came. Like, you know, I'm sitting there, and I'm ready. I said, yes, Lord, and all I'm praying is, Lord, could somebody show up? Well, they came. And now I'm thinking, what do I do? So they're here. What do I do? Well, you know what? The Lord shows up every time, right on time. He didn't show up to save my face because that didn't matter. He showed up for them. He proved himself faithful. And then after that, the Lord said, you're going to do it again. And it was eight ladies, and they all showed up one time. Well, I knew that was the Lord. And so we did that, and we began to disciple these ladies. And then after that, it went to a group of 12, and then a group of 26, and then on to 48, and in November, there's a, a group of 200. So all I'm saying is that God wants to use you. He wants your obedience. He wants for you not to evaluate yourself or look at your agenda and see if it's convenient, because guess what? It'll never be convenient. He just says that when you wake up in the morning, that you say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and whatever he says to do, you do it. Don't posit, you know, petition the Lord to move in your life if you're not willing to be obedient. That's silliness. You know, Lord, speak to me. What? I can't hear you. I mean, what is that? That's like foolishness. Either you're in the army of God and you hear his 
or just take a sabbatical. You go somewhere, but don't sit here and praise God and come and do all this stuff and then be in disobedience. You know, he, he needs people who are going to be warriors for the kingdom. We don't have a lot of time left. How many of y'all have read Revelation? How many of y'all can see this developing? You know, we need to do what we need to do because there are lost people out there that are going to burn in hell. That's hot, people. That's hot. And when you stand before Jesus, you want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You don't want him to look at you and say, be gone, I never knew you, you evildoer. You know, but I prophesied, but I drove out demons. No, I never knew you. See, the sheep know his voice. The sheep knows his voice. And so whatever the Lord is telling you right now, write it down. Turning on somebody's heart right now, like you know, God's been telling me to do something, and I've been hearing some static. I'm not quite sure. He probably said to do it in three weeks. I'm not, I'm not sure. He kind of hesitated at the time frame. Now, when God speaks, it's here, it's now, and you need to put that into motion. But um, I just wanted to to really tell you a few things, a couple of um, scriptures that really spoke to my heart in my time of darkness when the enemy had lied to me so much. Um, and just told me I was dirty and unclean, and the Lord will never use you that, you know, I know what you've been through. Most people know what you've been through. You know, and, and the first thing is John eight thirty six, And you can just listen or write it down. It's okay, but it says, so if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. You know, you guys are free. You are free. You were purchased at a very high price, the price of God's only Son. The whole purpose for Jesus to step down from the, the right hand of the Father was for the cross. And at the cross is every provision that you need. Every provision. It's all laid out there. All your blessings, all your provisions, everything. It's that do you know that you've already been provided for? Or are you still struggling to pray for something that at Calvary was already provided for you? Or are you just groveling for the Lord to deliver you from some habit? You've been delivered. If you're just crying out for the Lord, Lord, heal me. I'm telling you, you're already healed. I pray for you that your faith increases. That's what I pray for you. That you have the faith to believe the word of God and not question it. You see, we need to go to God and diligently seek him. That's what we need to do, just seek his face. You don't seek his blessings and what he can do for you. You say, Lord, you've done it all. What can I do for you? What can I do for you? Can I humble myself more? Am I uh, prideful? What is getting in the way of you using me? Because I want to be stripped of all my flesh, all my agendas, everything I have, so that you can do something in my life that's amazing. You know, if the world would have told me what my life would be like, guys, I would not be standing here right now. The world would have told me to shut up, shut up, sit down, you worthless piece of trash. trash. I'm sorry, I almost went somewhere. But, you know, they would tell you need to sit down and be quiet. You know, but God didn't say that. He said that we are chosen. And said, you know where I was going, Mandy? I was chosen instead of court. I was born of an imperishable seed, and that God is faithful to complete the work that he began in me. 
means I don't have to do anything. I just need to submit. And then the last thing that just really touched my heart is John 15, 3. And y'all go there because I think this is, this one just, there.
Am I talking to the right people? Yeah. Okay. You start grumbling. You start grumbling. And you grumble. And it says that they grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord. Underline that. Moses cried out to the Lord. That's where we take our problems. Cry out to the Lord. And God showed him a tree. Do you know what a tree is? Do you know who was hung on a tree? This is the shadow of bringing it to the cross. Amen? Amen. And he threw it into the water, and the water became sweet. So what I'm trying to tell you, what the Word of God is trying to tell you, is as bitter and as terrible as your situation is right here, right now, as bitter and terrible as your life has been, can be made sweet at the foot of the cross. You know, you might try to fast your way out of it. That's just another way of saying the cross plus my fasting equals victory. You might try to pray your way out of it by doing a ritualistic prayer. I'm going to pray for 30 minutes at 9 o'clock. At 12.45, I'm going to pray for this at this length of time, and then I'm going to pray. You're trying to put a ritual plus the cross equals victory. You're trying to tack on anything, and it goes from his righteousness to self-righteousness. Anytime you try to tack anything on to the cross, I believe that when Christ said, it is finished, and he meant it is done. Amen? Amen. And so I don't believe he said, it is finished when Eric fasts for 41 days. He said, it is finished. And that is all that God will accept, is the total, the totality of the cross. It lacked nothing. There's nothing we need to do except to surrender and embrace the cross. Remember, when you embrace the cross, then everything else that you held on to just falls off. Amen? Amen. So, if you don't mind, I'd like to do something. If there's anyone here tonight that has a situation that you haven't put that tree into, that you just need somebody to stand with you and agree, that you need the Holy Spirit to come and comfort you in that time, I just ask that you just come up here, and Eric or any of the elders in the church will pray with you. And if you're new here, and you've never surrendered your life to the Lord, don't leave here. This is the most important decision of your life. Do you know, if you died today, where you would go? And if you're not sure, you need to surrender your life to the Lord. And if there is problems in your life that you have struggled with, you, with your own flesh, have tried to just get yourself out of, you need to come up here, you need to repent before the Lord, and you need to say, I'm just putting this down at the foot of the cross. Lord, I believe in the totality of the cross. I believe that you paid everything, everything. You paid it all, and you paid it for me. And you need to understand that if you were the only person on this earth, Jesus would have still gone to the cross for you. He would have still been crushed for your peace. He would have still removed your iniquities and your transgressions, and you would still be healed. He ripped the veil so you could go to the Father with confidence. That's what the cross did. He ripped it, and he made a public display of, of the defeat of the enemy. So let's just say right now that we all agree that the enemy is a defeated foe. The enemy has no hold on you. 
tries to make you believe that he does. And I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about the enemy because he is defeated. Amen? And I believe that we need to start acting victorious in our life. And the only way that we can do that is surrender your agenda. Surrender your flesh. Surrender your ideas. Take your, your whole calendar and start writing it in pencil because it can be changed anytime God wants it to be. You can't look at your calendar and say it's filled. God says, I need you here now. And so right now, if you've been holding on to something, I encourage you to come up. We're not going to judge you. I'm going to be there first. I had an agenda. I came here looking for God to tell me something. I didn't want to preach tonight. I'm going to just be honest. I was on a vacation. I didn't want somebody to preach to me. You know? But God says, no. You need to put it down at the foot of the cross. You need to know that only when you are in Christ are you complete and lacking nothing. And so the altar is open if you need prayer, if you just need to get on your face and repent for the way that you've acted, for the way I've acted. Let's do that. Let's take care of business. Don't leave here and take that baggage out the door with you. The Lord paid a price for you to put that baggage down. And there is nothing that you can do with that baggage. That's it. Yoke up with Him. Yoke up with Him. Thank you. Saints, we're going to worship a little while. We're going to worship. Take advantage of that. You're right, she didn't want to preach tonight, but Jesus wanted her to. You need to consider that he may have wanted her to because she had something to say to you. Something to say to me. One of the things that I love about the tenacity that Jesus put into that, she was never willing to settle what you settle for when you hold on to something that Jesus said let go of. You settle for less than the life he wanted you to have. You settle for less than he's called you to be. And ultimately you settle for something that's just a little less than life. Come lay it down. Come lay it down. The anatomy of the cross is such that you can get up Now stand your feet for worship time. the cross, and the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Where I
worship. Raise your hand if you're spotless. Wow, three people in here. Three people in here believe that the word says they're spotless. Colossians 1.22 says that he presents you without blemish, free from spot, free from accusation in the Father's sight. See, this is the revelation of the cross. You're not spotless because you've never put a stain. You're spotless because you brought your stained garment straight to the cross. Saints, we can stand in our seats. We can do what we've always done and get what we've always got. Somewhere you have to have courage to say, you know, I don't see myself like the word says. Bring your stains to the cross. So we sing, let this be your moment.
See? 